Hi there, welcome to the More Civil Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Marcelo Podcast and we've had some technical issues with our um with the other co-hosts I mean, yeah. so to be able to enter the studio again but in the interest of time we're just going to go ahead and explore um the story with our great guest today so um i have yet to explore her story so a lot of what i'm going to be hearing and anyone you know talking about her talking together with her will be new for me but in few words um her name is ormi she is um, bengali and her name stands for wave which i think is super super cool she lives in italy she's actually bengali italian and which you know i think is a very fine mix because i she's probably the first person i would you know ever meet with that kind of mix yet and she volunteers in non-profit organizations um children hospitals for example helping less fortunate women to financially empower themselves she was born in Italy to immigrant Bengali parents and she's always felt like she didn't belong to both worlds and her interests are in mental health lifestyle reading especially generally around women and she, one of her struggles according to her is being a disappointment in her parents eyes because of not meeting the expectations of a Bengali girl and i can imagine that that this you know narrative can be true for so many immigrants who live in countries that are different from their parents culture but in any event today with us on the show today is um Ormi and thank you so much for joining us today hi Ormi hi thank you for having me i'm actually gonna correct you i'm not living in italy i'm living in canada so i'm i'm right now i'm connected from montreal <laughs> wow so we have a bengali italian living in canada you are like, you know, just, I don't know the word for you, but there's something nomadic, I guess that's the word. I don't want to say digital <laughs> nomad, but what an interesting spin. And I am really, can you hear us now? Yes, I can. <gasps> Hello, everyone. Hello, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Jesus, we finally find you, like, almost like a us. Are you with us? Are you with us? Can you hear us? <laughs> Anyways, um, Let's not so, jinx it, though. What? I know, like, knock on wood. Um, let's just get, let, I've, I'm just curious to know, like, where are you? Like, and I also want to, as you answer that, like, why would you think, well, I, I know the why's, but why do you think people like that come from your background, when I say your background, I mean, born to, in, if you live in a country that is different from the culture your parents are born into, there's always that fear of just not living up to that expectation. Why do you think the struggles are quite, you know, um, prevalent in communities like that? But first of all, what are you like? Just let's, let, first of all, what what are you? How do you define yourself and and all that kind of fancy stuff? 
So I always like to tell people I am Italian by birth, Bengali by blood, and Canadian by law. But overall, I think I'm more of a global citizen because I try to embrace all the all the nationality and be open to other cultures. Uh, but if you if you ask me, that's how I like to tell people because I have all these three nationalities really making me the person that I am. Of course, the Canadian uh, citizenship I got it like few years ago after living in Canada for a long time. But my very very first nationalities are the Bengali and the Italian. <laughs> wow, that was so beautifully said. And wow, so how long? So you were born in Italy, right? To your parents. How long did you live in Italy for? I lived for like eighteen, nineteen years before I moved to Canada. And so I lived my whole life in Italy. But even in Italy, we were always moving. Like it was never, we were never settled in one place. And we like moved all around Italy. We went from south to north. Then we went to UK for a year. Then we came back to Italy. And then after I moved to Canada, like I changed completely continent. <laughs> so the move to Canada was that your parents, you know, doing that, or that was your decision? No, it was my own personal choice. Okay, 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 okay. So back to the second part of my co- question, I like to explore that because I think that um, especially when you come from a society that is more socially cohesive, like Asian culture, African culture, and you move to, to the Western side of things. Children tend to pick up, you know, it's not going to be purely Bengali or purely Nigerian culture. Even though your home can feel like just one culture, but your kids interact more with the world that even parents don't have those exposure. And I can sometimes see that conflict between, you know, how the kids are trying to find the middle ground to still be respectful of the parents' culture, but also have some liberty to be able to talk to their peers and not feel like that, you know, um, being too you know weird about things but that can also cause for conflict in 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 the family life and with the parents so i guess what has your experience been you know with that angle it it has been a struggle like you mentioned um, because it has been an internal struggle especially because all my surroundings were i was always surrounded by italian people there were no one that was actually like me and there were not that many immigrants too back in the days that we were talking about like the 90s so i was like the very first one even when i went to school i would only see people that looked italian there was no one that looked like me so for me it was a lot of a struggle because i was like oh these people they cannot understand me they cannot understand why i cannot do certain things why i cannot behave a certain way why i have to be home at, at a certain time and so i always felt like i was not fitting a box and then when i would go home it was another struggle because i would be surrounded by the whole bengali community and i was like i don't think i even fit this community because uh, i feel like i have that italian side of me that i interact with every day that really shaped me and that really influenced my behavior so it was a very big struggle because if you as you might be aware the whole uh, south asian culture is very is very it has a very rigid um, yeah yeah it's very rigid you know they they have like certain rules uh, women are seen a certain way they have to be a certain way so for me it was really really a struggle and it was a struggle when i when i was going to school cuz all my friends they would like hang out in the afternoon maybe they would like do homework together and just or just go out and play with the kids and i was not allowed to do that because my parents were so strict with me even though i knew that inside 
I wasn't doing anything wrong by just wanting to be around my friend. So this like went on for a very, very long time. Even after when I became a teenager, it was still the same struggle. And I remember I would have, I had like friends telling me, oh, let's go to the mall. Let's go like, you know, shop around. And I would always be like, no, I cannot come. But it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because I was forbidden of doing that. And often in times I had to actually lie to my parents and do it like, behind their backs even though I know that I wasn't doing anything wrong it was just me walking with some friends and they were all female friends and that also was another struggle they were like yeah you cannot like have male friends they have to be like all female or do not hang out with guys it's not good people will see you people will judge you so that was a struggle because I was like they're telling me this but then I'm not doing anything wrong so why can I not do that and to go back to your point like I have a lot of relatives that moved like in like other countries moved from Bangladesh to go to UK or other countries and I have cousins who told me exactly the same thing he, they were like our parents moved from Bangladesh to go to all these like western cultures with their expectation that we stay true to our roots but they cannot expect that because we have this other influence this other world that will shape our personality and identity so it was a struggle wow i mean you sound like so many of my friends you know even though they might be from different countries your stories are so similar right and I, and I also want to even explore, like, even as a child, like, let's take your perspective as a child. I imagine that your parents did that out of love, you know, whatever the definition might be. And also maybe um, their parental instincts kicking in so you don't get corrupted by, you know, this Western world that doesn't seem to have a love structure, right? Which kind, which kind of, you know, it's ironical because they made the move to bring you to this, you know, new old world. I guess, what do you think you would like to say to parents who might have kids and you know, parents like yours. And again, I'm not saying your parents did it the wrong way. I think they did what they knew. And, you know, but I imagine that you can always see the good side and the bad side of these two, of, of these things. But what, what would be your suggestion to parents who are like yours and, you know, still trying to navigate, how can I best help my child? So in a way they're still holding on to our culture, but I don't want to be too, I guess, um, strict on them or drive them away. Yeah, I like you said, like everything they did was, of course, out of love, right? Like they never meant to hurt me or do anything bad. It was not to like it wasn't um, it wasn't because they felt that I was doing anything wrong. It was just because they were protective and worried as all parents are. But I think as parents, when you are in that type of situation like mine, you have to be open minded about it. Like You have to be open and you have to be willing to accept that your daughters, your sons will grow up with different uh, nationalities or different cultures and you have to be okay to accept that. And I think communication is so important because especially for the South Asian community, like we don't have that open communication between like among our parents, like what our parents tell us, it should be the right way. You just have to follow what they tell you. But it's not always the right path. There are so many paths that we can take. There are so many perspectives out there. And I think it's always important to be open, to be willing to listen to them, to understand them, and to also be able to be open about it. Because now when I grew up, I my parents always made me feel like I don't want to be, be I don't want to belong to the Bengali culture because this is how I'm being treated. 
So this is something that you that you push away kids if you're imposing things on them, and I think it's better that you let them have all the cultures around them, so that so that it will also reinforce the relationship. And so I think that's the key. That those are like my messages, like being open and having a, an open communication. Oh, African parents just left that chat room and talked about open communication between the kids <laughs> and because I mean. <laughs> I guess our cultures are similar in that way. And I was going to make a joke, like, was that what drove you drove you across the world to Canada? Like, to be as far away from home as possible? Like, find your own path? Yeah, partially, yes. That was also oh, one of the reasons. <laughs> um, I guess a follow-up question to that would be, for kids, so imagine you, the struggles you had just trying to fit in, you know, because, you know, you probably also stood out because of your skin color and, you know, the way you probably dress, the kind of food you eat, and the things you want to talk about. And you also want to try to look cool to your Italian friends because, you know, at that age, your friends really matter. For for kids who might be listening to this or parents with kids, you know, who might be listening to this, that struggling to fit in. Like, so imagine casting your mind back to how you were many, many years ago. What kind of words of encouragement would you like to, you know, um, pass along to them? You know what, like what you just said, it was um, like how we dress, right? Like I remember when I was like 14, 13, my dad would always tell me to wear the typical traditional dresses when I'm just going for grocery. And I remember not wanting to do that because I was like, my friends will see me. They will see me dressed that way. They're not familiar with our cultures and I don't want to because I was always worried that I would have been probably judged and you know, people might say something about me. And I remember I would go to the shopping mall with uh, with my dad and I would have like traditional Indian clothes. And, and I remember people just observing me. They would just stare at me because they were not used to see uh, like that type of culture. And I remember always not wanting to dress that way. But now as I grew up and as I embraced both cultures, I actually go I'm pretty proud of that like because I do feel like I belong to two worlds I am okay wearing traditional dresses when I'm going out and actually what I would tell people um, what I would tell the kids is um, it's um, I think do what what feels right for you because if if your parents tell you, okay, uh, you have to do this way, but it's not good, it's not right for you, then don't do it. Like, don't feel like you are supposed to be following something just because you're being forced. Because then when you're forced, it's not genuine, it's not natural. You start, like, moving away from your roots. And I would just say, like, just do what's right for you. And I think with time, you will understand a little bit more of yourself. And, and I think that's what happened with me. Like initially I didn't like wearing traditional clothes, but now with time, as I explore myself, as I try to understand who I am, I'm okay. I'm okay wearing like typical uh, pants or t-shirt, as well as wearing typical like Indian clothes or saris or, you know, we have all those stuff, <laughs> all those type of traditional clothes. So just do what's, what you feel is right for you. Wow. Thank you for that. And I can imagine that, you know, you growing, when you grew up, the internet wasn't like as big and, you know, wide and TikToky as it is right now. <laughs> but um, I, 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 I seem to see that it seems to be, see like, seem like, it seems to be like um, 
Asian is now looking very cool. And I know Asian is really, really big and there's so many cultures in there. But I can imagine with people being more expressive with their culture and, you know, even other people trying to borrow aspects of different cultures, it might not be so weird to see someone wearing like a lehenga to like, you know, school or to the grocery store because, you know, diversity seems to be more accepted. And I, I, I'm so sorry to hear that you had a lot of struggle, you know, um, just, you know, trying to fit in. And But it's also amazing to see how you've been able to rise above all of that to be who you are today. And embracing all those multiple entities you know within you so kudos to you for me you. <laughs> yeah yeah but um so that's that so you moved to canada it's been and canada is quite a melting pot so yes. would you say who do you what are the kind of groups of people you tend to relate with because <laughs> This move right now feels like this is your own decision. You made that decision to be, you know, um, to come to the side of the world. So I have a lot of questions about that. First, why Canada? And then two, your group of friends, how like how did you choose them? And the community you are making life with in Canada, what were the factors you were looking for when you were putting those together? Well, Canada, it was for like different reasons. A lot of it is for personal reasons, but I have a family over here. And um, and for me, Canada was eye-opening, honestly. Like, it's such a beautiful country, and it was so eye-opening because in Italy, like, let's say you go to Italy, you mainly see, like, Italian people. We do have a portion of immigrants, but it's mainly Italian people. But in Canada, it's something else. It's like in the States, you see people from all the cultures, everyone speaking different languages, and that's what I felt like, okay, maybe this place is where I can build my identity and probably call home one day so I did my university here and uh, when I went to university I um, so this is the thing I never I did not have Bengali friends when I grew up and when I came to Canada I was like oh now probably is the chance to have like Bengali friends but then for some reason I didn't want to I didn't want to have Bengali friends and and not not because I told myself I don't want to it was more because it was just it wasn't happening so all my friends were actually uh from canada but by canada i mean like i don't know like chinese or maybe some italian as well french moroccan so i had like all these like different kinds of people from different nationality and a lot of my friends are actually from uh, china vietnam um, I have a lot from Latin American countries. That's where I felt like I was able to uh, be myself among those people. So I grew up a lot with those, uh, like I grew up, I, I, my, my university time, these are the people that I hang out with. And I really enjoyed it because I feel like I learned about something else that wasn't just strictly Bengali or Italian. And this is when I feel like it just helped me to be a more open-minded person because I, it was my first time actually meeting so many people from so many different countries. So for me, that was amazing. And even nowadays, I, I really enjoy the fact that in Canada, like anywhere you go, you see people more that look like me, you know, but, 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 but what I mean by that is not Italian Bengali, it's let's say Italian French or Italian Mexican so I feel like I'm not alone in this there are people that have a similar struggle or similar story yeah. as me so. yeah so like the cultural hyphenates you know like the this and that you know people like you who 
want that sense of connection. So is it safe to assume that your people are people who, regardless of where they're from, but you're all trying to find that identity mesh, you know, the, the things that you identify with, but even though there might be different things, but just that connection and trying to, you know, make a new path, you know, for yourself. Yeah, yes. And you know what? even more interesting is I wasn't too much on social media until a few years ago. And now, for instance, I'm on Instagram and I follow actually girls that have the same struggle as me. These are like South Asian girls who are, let's say, brought up in South Africa or let's say, I don't know, in another country who are also who also went through my same struggles where they had like parents who were super strict worried about the judgmental society and trying to break that break the bias like you know between women and men and trying to create a more equal world and trying to find your identity so even Instagram was eye-opening for me because I see more girls like me trying to change the world and trying to create a community in that Instagram world so even though social media can be you know sometimes toxic it it has its a positive side and I found people that went through my same struggle as a South Asian person oh wow that's really really neat so I know on your blog you had talked about how it was very difficult for you to even consider yourself being Italian you it, that was like the the dangling piece that you didn't feel confident enough to include as your identity I was what really helped you to be able to say okay I'm Bengali I'm also Italian you know and you, so you call yourself, uh, is it Bengali Italian or Italian Bengali? And how do you know which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell people I'm Italian Bengali. That That's usually what I say, I, what I tell people. And actually, the fact that I tell, like, I'm Italian Bengali, it comes from many things, but I do feel... Like I went on, like I do feel that Italian part has a bigger portion in me because I love eating pasta. I love talking Italian. I love <laughs> using gestures. But the thing is, when I came to Canada and um, I would go to university, people would ask me where I was from. And every time people would ask me that question, I was I was struggling. I was like, what do I tell them that I'm Bengali or that I'm Italian? And there were times where I would tell them, oh, I'm Bengali. And then they will look at me and be like, oh, but you have an accent, which is very like, 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 you know, Spanish or Italian. So then I was like, okay, let me tell you my life stories. I have to tell them I'm Italian. And then when I would tell people that I'm Italian instead, and they were like, yeah, but hold on a second. You don't look Italian. You look Bengali. And I was like, okay, let me tell you the story you got a again. There needs to be an app for this where they can just kind of QR code and just download uh, all of your bio data. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? It took me a while. And after a couple of years, I was like, you know what? I don't want people to tell me you're Bengali or Italian. I'm just going to tell them who I am. They just have to accept my identity. So I tell people I am Italian Bengali. That's the first thing I tell them. I don't tell them I'm this or that. I'm both. So Italian Bengali. Is that yeah. the same? Would that still carry the same connotation as saying Bengali Italian? For me, yes. For me, yes. Can you tell us the difference? I'm just curious to know. For me, it's the same. Like oh, whether, okay. yeah, whether you tell you tell me I'm Bengali Italian or Italian Bengali, I accept it. As long as you put put the two of Both them of in them, the sentence, yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> and as time goes on, you're gonna have to add, you know, Canadian to that. Sorry, go ahead, I read it. 
No, I was I was going to ask exactly that. That do you con? I I feel like by now you probably consider yourself Canadian as well, but then I'm wondering why you're not adding that. Is that? Yeah, just I'm just curious about where is the Canadian for you in the middle of all of that? I'm no, I don't I don't like to tell people I'm Canadian, and actually it's the first time that someone asked me that question. I I feel like I'm not yet there that I feel I'm Canadian. I know it's part of me. But if you ever ask me, I will always tell you, like if you ask me now and if you ask me a couple of years, I will probably just keep telling you the same answer that I'm Italian Bengali. And maybe for, for the reason that I, I'm not yet to consider Canada my home, because if you ask me what's your home, I will always tell you it's Italy because that's where I spend my, most of my childhood. But I know Canada also helped me to explore my identity. So it's not there yet but for now i like to it, it it might happen you know but i i don't feel that connection yet when i'm gonna say i'm also canadian i i find i find i find this interesting actually because um i've been in so i live in england um and there's been Recently, there's been quite a bit of, um, and I suppose this is happening everywhere in a lot of countries, but here there's been quite a lot of sort of conversation recently in the last few years about what does it mean to be English um, and who gets to be English. Um, and, you know, there's people who feel, yeah, if you come from another country and you naturalize it, that doesn't make you English, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, or, you know, and then and then there's people who think of it as, oh, well, you have to be from here, whatever that means, right? Um, <laughs> you know, your mm-hmm. um, there's a word there's a word people use for that. I can't remember it now, but something like not ethnically English, but something like that, right? Um, and and it's been very interesting, sort of thinking about it. I actually have a friend who who has these conversations with me about why would you want to be English, you know, and aren't you proud of your Nigerian identity? And I'm like, well why do I have to choose or why should I have to choose? Right. Why can't I be both, you know, and, 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 and that's what I'm hearing with, you know, your, your, like what you said about Italian Bengali, um, like why shouldn't you be both? And, and there's something you said that I thought was really interesting where you said, um, it's about where it feels like home for you, right. Or where, where you feel shaped your identity, um, and and it's and it, I, I suppose what I'm trying to speak to is this sort of there's this whole larger conversation about nationalities and mm-hmm. and identities and who gets to claim a nationality um, and who gets to get keep a nationality right <laughs> um, and for me it's like well why should you get keep a nationality yeah. at all there was a time when that was you know a thing but like do we still need that in the day and age we live in yeah that's a good point that's a good point. And I think it's also communi- com- like having communication, like having, I guess, more dialogue and letting the person let you know, hey, this is how I want to be identified as, right? And because that sense of home you feel, there's no way someone else can define that for you or call that out for you. And I imagine that's the reason why Canadian is still, is not yet included on your hyphenation of being. You got to Canada at a very later age in life, right? You were in like younger when you got to Canada. And Canada being such a melting mm-hmm. pot, it's not quite as distinct as Italian, Bengali, 
But we know Canada is there. I feel like it's it's a modifier that runs through your identity because it's the platform that gives you the voice to harmonize who you really were. So even though Canada is not appearing as, you know, one of your identities yet, there's still a profound gratitude to this place because it helped you find your people. Would that be right? Yeah. Yes, that that you said it like like correctly. Everything that you said it's correct like uh, it, no, I honestly agree. You hit you hit the spot, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Okay, good, good. And don't be in a hurry to add, you know, Canadian to it. I, I'm sure, you know, it's such a beautiful place, and there are nice people there. They wouldn't mind, you know, whatever you, you know, you know, fall towards. <laughs> no, well, um, well, I, I suppose before I ask my question, I just want to say, um, I, I also like the idea of, um, you know, like when you said you're open to adding Canadian later. But I also, what I heard, if I'm not wrong, correct me, is there's a possibility that you never might, and that's fine. Um, and I like, and and I thought, I felt, I thought actually that speaks to some of, like you know, first generation immigrant parents, doesn't it? Um, some of them never really add it, <laughs> you know, and and obviously their children do. Some of them do, but not all of them do, and it's you know, it's fine. <laughs> Actually, to add to that, because my parents live in UK, and uh, and I think if you ask them what what their nationality is, I'm pretty sure they would just say Bengali. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, like if, even though my my dad has lived for like thirty years in Italy, I'm not sure. If he would consider himself Italian, I know my mom for sure. She will say she's Bengali. I don't think that she will add the British part to it. But I don't know if they have, if they will add the Italian part. To be honest, and and I think it goes yeah. back to what you said before, because I think yeah. like for me to add Canada, it's because Canada is such a melting pot. There isn't like it's it could be everything as it could be anything. But if you go to it. it Italy or Bangladesh it's either one or the other so you have to choose or yeah. so yeah so I, it, it's um yeah I think it's also it's like you said just because you live in a place it doesn't necessarily become part of your identity it depends on what you choose to make yeah. it as as your identity you know like you could be living in a place but you're not interacting with the people you're not integrating with the culture with the community and things like that then you are most likely not part of that world then you have your own world which is could be the one from your origins or where you are born or what you consider home because i also feel like your identity and your nationality belongs to what you consider to be home which is not necessarily uh, the country of your parents or the country where you were born I think. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I suppose a question, or let's tell me if this has been asked already. Um, but what's, what's like, <laughs> what's something you really love about like your Italianness and your Bengaliness? Um, each. Okay, so about my Italianness. Because obviously they both mean something to you. And then, and then, sorry, one last thing. And then, what's something you're finding interesting about your Canadianness, such as it is? Okay, uh, so for my Italian part, there are many things that I like, and um, 
I, I like the whole, the country itself. It's, it's so beautiful. There's so much history and art. I love the cuisine. Like I'm a big fan of pasta and I can eat pasta. I always tell this to people. I can eat pasta every day. It doesn't matter which time you serve it. I will eat it with no issues. And it just brings me so much happiness. Like every time I'm sad, I have a plate of pasta and I'm happy <laughs> after that. And um, I guess the people, I like I have very good close friends i'm still friends with them after after so many years and like everyone that i grew up with especially my talent community they never made me feel like i was different from them Uh, they always made me feel welcoming and i have very strong ties with them i still talk to them after leaving italy for such a long time and um and of course the language the like the whole gesture things and i like the fact that i like so many people outside of Italy when you tell them oh you're from Italy they're like wow so I'm like okay that's a good thing (laughs) and um, about Bangladesh um, I like the cuisine as well but if I have to choose the cuisine I will always tell you the Italian one but what I like the most is um, is the traditions and that we have and the fact that we wear this colorful and very highly decorated and literally uh, traditional clothes, which I really enjoy wearing. And I like showing off on uh, wearing those clothes. So that's something that I really like about our culture because I feel like it's so rich and so colorful. And I like the fact that now we know more and more about it. Where back in the days when I was growing up, people didn't know too much about it. And now people are, are seeing this side of the world where we come from. And I and I like that. And about the Canadian part. Oh my God, that's such a hard question. Um, I would say um, about Canada, I, I like the fact that Canada is such an open open-minded can we say open-minded country like it's such an open country and i like the fact that it's so welcoming to immigrants and is willing to accept everything and i like the fact that it celebrates diversity and it accepts diversity and i think that's one thing that i really love about canada like we're such a welcoming and nice country like people are actually genuinely nice i noticed that when i came to canada i was like wow people are so nice so that's one thing that i like about the canadian side I imagine that the Italian part of you that's supposed to be expressive <laughs> and, you know, and then the Bengali was supposed to be demure as a woman. Like, you find that they can be in conflict sometimes. Like, do I make yeah. too many gestures or, you know, just sit yeah. still and be no, pretty? I, I, th- th- that's one thing. Like, I, again, you hit the spot. That, that's it. But then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, in Canada, I can be both. I can be expressive as I could be like yeah. a very quiet person. <laughs> Canada is beginning to look like a country of asylum, <laughs> like, you know, for asylum seekers, like, let's go be ourselves yes. in Canada. <laughs> now, um, I had two follow-up questions, and if you are liberty to share, what was the nature of your parents' move? Like, what made them leave in, um, Bangladesh? And then also, do you have yeah, siblings? So, so, first of all, talking about my parents, they, uh, they moved after they got married. And they wanted to move, um, basically, they just wanted to move abroad abroad to start a new life to have a better life and that's how they chose um they chose uh, italy and back in the days it was easier to to move to italy like it wasn't so strict as it could could have been right now and um and then i have a younger sibling she she, i have a sister she's like 25 so is she following your footsteps as well do you have like (laughs) 
do you see her also struggling with the same thing you struggled no. or would you say you've been able to help her you know you know being the first child you take on a lot right you're like exactly the maker, being yeah? the first child and also being the first child also from my dad's side i'm like the, i have to be the example also for my cousins it was a lot for me it was, it was so, so much, much pressure, pressure. Exactly. yeah yep. but for my sister it was different actually like some all of the things that i couldn't do when i was a kid she's able to do them so she's able to travel oh, she's geez. able to like go out come home late um yeah like she has so much more freedom than me and i i hope she's sending you flowers every day because you made that happen for her right <laughs> She needs to be paying you some repatriation <laughs> fee or something because you you paid the price for her to be able to do but all you know of that. What? I'm glad that she's doing all that because I feel like I miss that. You know, I miss it. I know I don't want people yeah. going through the same thing that I went. So I'm really glad that she's doing all that and she's exploring and she's like traveling and doing the, the things that she loves. But of course, it's still hard. She also got other types of pressure from my parents, as you can imagine. South Asian parents, that's how they are. But at least she's able to, you know, be a bit more, I want to say, bold and be able to say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm just going to do it. So she does it. Oh, yeah. Gen Z, <laughs> don't try those, those generation of kids. <laughs> they will call yeah. you out. <laughs> um, I mean, as the resident, you know, so I mean, is a psychiatrist, so he knows a lot about mind. As a resident shrink here, I'm just curious to know, why parents make a decision to leave their home country and move to a different country and then still have this high expectation of their kids not to, you know, um, at least find their own path. Like, why do you think parents struggle a lot with that? And this is not just, you know, um, um, what's the word, germane to, you know, Ermi's family. I've heard this many times in other, you know, cultures, especially coming from the less, like more conservative parts of the world to a more liberal, you know, part of the world. I mean, I think it makes all the sense it does, really, <laughs> to be honest. Because, um, um, so I have a friend, I have a friend here who um, I often make the McDonald's joke. There's this McDonald's sort of gag that we have, running gag. And it's basically about the fact that um, her kids once came home from school and said to her that, do you know what, That why don't I just finish from secondary school and work in McDonald's? Like, what's 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 wrong with it? Because obviously, she wanted them to go to uni and everything. Um, and and I think they were just messing with her, <laughs> but she nearly died <laughs> of a heart attack. Don't do that. Um, That's a heart attack, and, yeah, for an African parent. <laughs> you know, but but, and I remember I had this conversation with a friend who is from here. Um, you know, and like English and grew up here and everything. Um, and and she didn't understand what the big deal was about them. Obviously, no shade on working in McDonald's. But, you know, my, my, so my, my, my English friend didn't understand why it was such a big deal for, in terms of the sort of ambition that parents have for their kids. And that was the first time it really struck me. Oh, you actually don't get it, do you? You don't. You don't know what it means to not have a safety net. Because that's where a lot of our parents are coming from, right? Like, if you didn't do well in school and in life, then who was going to take care of you? <laughs> right? And they needed you to do well because they knew they wouldn't always... Like, there wasn't like... we're not coming. Many of us are not coming from countries where there's welfare <laughs> and all of these things, like benefits and, you know, all these sort of backups. 
there's there's family obviously but like everybody's also maybe like trying to do well and people aren't doing so well so it's like you need to do well you have to do well because if you don't then what happens to you um and i think it's such the other thing is a lot of our parents you know move with they leave things behind i know people who've who've left and i'm sure umi you you will know people like that as well who've left nigeria and they were actually doing very well and actually coming here was a step down you know maybe like in nigeria they had drivers and you know domestic servants you know and all domestic staff and all this sort of stuff and and they're coming here and have to do everything by themselves um class, and actually for yeah. them that's a step down but they're doing it because they hope that the kids get a better Catching life bus. um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously that's not everyone, but that's that's some people. You know, so it's I think it's it's really just that, you know, they many people come here for their kids yeah. really or for the hope that there'll be a better life for their kids. And so I think there's always that fear. What if it was all for nothing? Right? What if I did all of that for nothing? And then every now and then their kids will say something or do something and they think, "Oh my god, I did it all for nothing." Mm-hmm. She's going to be trash and she's going to fail and I'm going to have failed and I'm going to be a terrible parent. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's the pressure they put on themselves that they put on. <laughs> exactly. And then what am I going to say? They're going to say, well, we told you, you shouldn't have taken her to the US or to the UK or to Canada. <laughs> and I've become a monkey stock to all of my other culture people. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so yeah. common. I hear that too. I hear that uh, they tell me yeah. too. <laughs> Thank you for that, because you know, I, I mean, I think it makes sense the way you described it, Ayomide. And I, I guess the challenge for parents listening to this is just keep that line of communication open. And once you can trust your kids and you've imbibed that trust in them. I think it should be fine. Of course, you know, you let them just go from their merry ways and get into trouble. But Omi, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what's your relationship with your parents? Um, like, this, what kind of, uh, you know, conversations do you have? Because I'm sure you've done, you've done great things. You've, you've left home and I'm very sure they're proud of you. But what's your conversation like these days with your parents? I'm not sure if they're proud of me, but, <laughs> but uh, it's still a struggle. It's, uh, it's, it's still very hard. It's hard to change their mentality. It sometimes it really feels like I'm talking to people that are still living in 1950s. And I feel like their mentality, their way of thinking hasn't progressed as the world has changed. So it's it's hard. Uh, honestly, it's, um, it's hard. And I think it's hard for many South Asian people like me that have South Asian parents. It's an ongoing process. It's a work in progress. And I honestly think it would take a lot of years until, you know, things can get better. And, and I think relationship, because we just think to two different ways, relationship can get really hard. So for me, it's been a challenge if, if that answers the question. I have a question. Just, just a quick question. Are you going to share, are you going to share this, this podcast with them when it comes out? <laughs> Ooh. Me, <laughs> they, they they don't understand English, so <laughs> if we do it in Bengali, they will understand it. I don't think they will get it even if it's Italian. So, <laughs> will you share with your sister though? 
I do. I do share everything with my sister. She listens to all my podcasts and she's proud of me. So. <laughs> I, I know it might not seem like that or me, but I know I, I, I have no doubt that your parents love you. They might not express it the way you, the language you're speaking as far as your language, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but they love you, you know, and I've had, I've had issues with my dad as well. And the older I get, the more clarity I see, but uh, with time you get more clarity, but never doubt their love for you. It might be expressed in different ways, but it's still all love. Okay. But I mean, what do you, what do you um, have to say about just that generational gap? You know, I tried the way she described how it's so difficult. It is, it is, it is. Yeah, I think with the generational gap, I think on one level, it's just parents, right? Like, it's not just, it's not just for, you know, people like us. It's, I think it's just parents. Like, there's literally a generational gap. <laughs> Your parents, by definition, are from a different generation. Um, and that's always going to create the challenge that it does. But then obviously, I think for people like us who are people of two worlds, then you you then have the it's not just a generational gap, it's a it's a you know, I, I like to think of it as a, it's not just a sp- distance of space of time, it's a distance of space, right? You're you're different because you're now coming from your influence, like you said earlier, your influences are now coming from a different place that they haven't engaged with. Um, and those influences are shaping you, whether they like it or not. Um, and and it's just what it is, and and I think it takes them time to come to terms with, and everybody comes to terms with it differently. Um, and I think I think I think ultimately all parents do not. Let me not say all, but most parents most parents come to terms with it um, just at different speeds. Um, and it's just sort of that thing. I mean, like I have cousins who I grew up with, and they were like. 12, 13 when I saw them last and then I was in Nigeria recently and my cousin is now 25 and I'm thinking oh my goodness she's not a girl anymore she's a woman now and I thought oh right so I'm going to treat her as a woman I'm going to you know treat her as an adult a fellow adult and I'm going to have conversations with her as I'm having with an adult but then I remember coming back to the UK and I was working I was talking to some colleagues from work and these are colleagues who are working you know who I work with, and they so you know, some of them are fairly senior in their roles. I remember thinking as I was talking to them, "Oh my goodness, they're the same age as my cousin." <laughs> so even though in my head I was seeing her as a woman, I realized I wasn't still seeing her in terms of that level of responsibility. Um, still, and I thought I still have to upgrade her further, don't I? In my mind, <laughs> and this is just my cousin. Imagine with a child that you live with and you see every day and i think and i think it's harder for parents um actually do you know i think i I was having this chat with one of my other cousins who grew up in she went to school in the u.s my her family is in nigeria and i i wonder what you'd say to this umi um but this particular cousin of mine was saying how because she's living far away from home her parents have had a bigger challenge adapting to how she's growing and maturing compared to if she was staying with them in the house and they had to deal with her on a day-to-day basis and sort of come to terms with you on a day-to-day basis. I don't know if you found that dynamic for you. No, <laughs> actually not. <laughs> I think it just parted us away, actually. And But 
like I think it's like you said, it's a, it's a generational gap, and I think for some parents it might take longer time. For some parents it might take shorter time. I think it just depends. It depends also from the culture that you're from, because I think the, the struggle that I'm, I went through, a lot of culture face it, but I think some cultures are a bit more progressive, more op- open-minded, whereas some others are not yet. They might be a little bit more conservative, um, but I think uh, it will probably take some time. Uh, eventually, I'm hoping things will come, like they will come, in, like they will accept it. But um, I think it just depends on how people react to it. Some people, they're okay yeah. with it. Some people, they're not okay with it. Some people, they don't have a choice. So it, it just depends. I think it depends on how people react to it and how how willing they are to change things, basically. Yeah. And let me just maybe if it's worth sharing this to be that you found so much joy in doing what you do, like your platform, Empowering Women. You have this, you know, passion for financial literacy and helping people get that. You found your calling. And so keep, you know, honing your craft, keep finding those ways to put more value and happiness in your life. And invariably, your parents are going to be happy about that. Because even though you might not agree on, you know, cultural leanings, that a child is happy. I mean, any parents in their right mind, you know, they're happy about that. So the other struggles you have about, you know, not connecting with them, give it time. Give it time. As you get older, you might even find yourself just understanding them more, you know. Because in my 20s and even early 30s, I couldn't really understand my parents. It was until I really got older and I realized that, okay, what could be going on here? Because I have my own strong opinions about things the same way they have their opinions about things but they might be in different directions but i'm their child so i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a creation of theirs right so it's not difficult to see why they can be conflicts because you know i have both of their personalities plus mine but keep pursuing that happiness and with time you may you will be you. able to have dialogue <laughs> and it's gonna be beautiful but i don't want you wasting or any, anyone even listening i don't want yes. you wasting you know so much time trying to convince or you know convict your parents to you know come over to your side where you can be spending that time on All you know much more productive things and you know finding you're happy and showing them that this is a possible path you're not trying to prove anything to them but in your pursuit of happiness you see that wow i am glad she went her way you know so so you'll be you'll be an embodiment of of your website of your of your of your brand my ways right so so yeah just wanted to encourage you on that now um do you visit it um, italy like you know frequently or have you been to bangladesh recently as well um well italy i've been there a couple of times after i moved to canada and um bangladesh i've been there four times oh. it's it's we don't like it's it's very far from canada uh, so we are like I often go back to Italy, but now my parents are in UK, so I go to UK. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> now quickly before you go, tell us a little bit about your because I know you're a chartered financial analyst, right? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, I'm I'm stu- I'm studying to, oh, become, studying to one. become one. Well, all the best with that. Um, but your blog has so many um, resources. Yeah, all the best. <laughs> tell us a little bit about how that passion came about and why you're really, really you know, interested in empowering women, especially. So, 
My this passion started few years ago. Well, I want to say that I was always a very altruistic person. I always enjoyed giving back to the community. But it was really until recent years that I was like, okay, this are, this is my story. I wish I was in power when I was a kid. I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had someone to look like me. I wish there was there someone that taught me some of the things that I know right now. And then I was like, okay, I have so much knowledge in finance. I do all these things in this world, and I do things to invest in myself and to be a better person. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna create this blog and just write things that I do, so maybe other women, other girls can feel a little bit more imp- empowered or inspired by the things that I do, and hopefully they can resonate a little bit with me and with my personal story. And I not only I do that through my blog, but I also uh, volunteer in different now. Profit organization, all dedicated for women's empowerment. Because I think, um, coming from a South Asian culture where we don't have that much of gender equality, I was like, okay, this has to change. And that's how I try to, you know, I try to do it on a smaller case, but smaller scale. But I know that even though I only help maybe a smaller community, it's already big enough. And uh, so I do that a lot during my free time. I try to do like a lot of uh, volunteering work, all dedicated for women's empowerment. So some of the things that I do, it's probably like I don't know. I am a mentor, for instance, in one of them. I'm a financial coach in another one, or I do some like administrative work for other nonprofit organization. But I always try to like like have a goal in mind like this is this is what i like this is what i'm fighting for so i'm just going to keep doing going through that route and um yes yeah, so i do a lot of those things and um i really enjoy them like it, it just brings me a lot of uh, fulfillment and satisfaction because um like when i see that someone is very happy that someone is very like is able to use my help use my knowledge to To do something for themselves, I know that you know I made an impact. It's maybe not hundred people; it's one person, but that's enough, more than enough. Well, look at you, just sparkle. I could just—I mean, you're, you're very beautiful. You already have a smile, you know. But I could just see it just get bigger and bigger, and then the sparkle in your eyes. And look at you go. And I can definitely see how Canada has really informed that process because now you have, it's like the world is your oyster. You can just do anything you want and, you know, keep pursuing those hobbies. Canada is indeed the land for you. So I know for a fact that you speak more than one language. So can you um, just touch your horn a little bit, the language you just speak? Yeah. Um, I can tell you something in Italian. Oh, please do. No? Um... Niente, grazie per avermi invitato nel vostro podcast, sono stata molto contenta di essere stata intervistata da voi e secondo me abbiamo avuto una conversazione molto profonda e spero che i vostri ascoltatori impareranno qualcosa da questo questo audio. Oh my goodness! I had had podcast, you know, that I could figure out. I had no. I had podcast, I had profound. I had profound, uh, profonda, <laughs> profundo, oh, uh, wow. and I think that was about it. Wow, it, that, that's it amazing! Rose, exactly. Would it you tell us what you said? Like a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you something else if you yeah, want. Yeah, what was what was the meaning of what you just said in Italian? Now, what was it? Oh, um, I said that I'm like I'm very thankful that you guys have invited me to the podcast. Um, that is so cool. I feel I. 
I said that we had a very good interview. Oh. We had a very profound conversation, and hopefully, ah. the people that listen to it will get something out of it. Can you say it in Bengali as well? Uh, no, you, you don't want me to say oh. it in Bengali. I know you speak French, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I'm just gonna speak in Italian. Okay, that's okay. It's, it's so beautiful the way it rolls out your tongue, and as you're talking, I mean, I've not met a lot of Italians, but you kind of shifted personality. You're not very fluent in Bengali, or you just don't. I'm curious. Why not? Why not Bengali? Um, I do speak it. It's that. It's uh, probably not. It's the the way I speak it. Uh, the way I learned it is the one that I was uh, taught at home. I see, I see, I see. It, it's not the, uh, it's not the perfect Bengali. It's okay, it's okay. I understand. But anyways, That's as you were like... speaking Italian, I could see that personality <laughs> shift in you. Like you became like Ormita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, where can people find you and you know get to know more about you? And and I I, I must also say. Good job on your on your blog. You you should be very proud of yourself. You're so consistent. You know you you do the quick bites of information. You share stuff on networking, on how to you know pass exams, on stocks, on you know even other international markets. So um, keep it up, please. I I like what you do. Thank but where can you. people find you and learn more about your process? Um, so they can find me on my blog. It's called myways.ca. I also have a LinkedIn profile. It's called Urmi Hossain. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is called Urmi Hossain. <laughs> and uh, I have an Instagram. Uh, my, I have my own Instagram. Uh, it's called the Urma Mio. Okay. And I'm gonna, we're going to put all of that in the show notes for where people can connect you. Um, well, I wanted to... He- well, I, I was going to ask if um, Urmi would um, share... If there's anything Urmi would like to share, actually. Um in terms of what what would you say are the if you could share if if there's a couple of values that you wish you could share with people um just based off of what you've learned so far what would those be and how would you recommend that people people um build them okay so there are so there are two things that i want to tell people uh, the first one is just be your authentic self because no, we have so many people in this world you don't want to look like the person next to you just be your authentic self and just be true yourself I think that's what's, what matters the most and um, secondly there was this uh, quotation that I read in a book that says um, uh, fear is the light that it's meant to guide us Mm. what is the friend that it's meant to guide us something like that and uh, that's another uh, tip that I want to give to people which is don't be afraid because when you're afraid you're missing out on opportunity so see fear as your friend because it will just help you to discover yourself and exploring yourself and find your true identity Those are wise words. Authentic self <laughs> and not letting fear hold us back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. almost like follow follow your fear. Yes, follow your fear. Yes. <laughs> While you're being your authentic self. That shouldn't be very hard, you know, because we never run out of things to be afraid of, right? You know, if anything is very common to like half years, but don't let it hold you back. But it's really been nice getting to know more about you and you know 
And I really like that we place a lot of emphasis on self-acceptance yeah. as far as when you have so many identities. And I'm especially encouraged by, you know, the tips you provided to parents who might have kids like you and to also kids who might be in your own situation. And and I think the final nudge to parents would be you made the move, the decision to move across culture. Please be more, um, I guess, a little bit more open-minded without, of course, jeopardizing the the values and the good things that you bring along with, but note that your kids are going to be different from you. And how do you, you know, live with that in a very peaceful way? How do you guide your kids so they don't resent you? And trust, yes. trust, trust yes, your work on yes. them. And, and it, it might be very difficult. And I, I don't say I understand all of those struggles, but we do know that when kids, um, trust their parents and they have the open communication, it has never been a bad thing. Right. So here's an encouragement to parents to, you know, don't make, don't do things that your, your kids will resent you from or just, you know, shut the door completely on you. Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's, there's not much for me to add. You know, um, Urmi has said some really amazing stuff. Um, and you've, um, basically summarized that. Um, so I think I'm just going to piggyback off of what, um, you know, Urmi has said, which is, um, you know, about just the importance of fear. Like, fear is a signal right that's basically what you're saying it's you know it's not something to run away from it's something to process and think what does this fear tell me about what is important to me um and then letting that guide us um and sometimes what that means is actually i'm afraid this will not work because it is so important to me that it works but that doesn't mean i shouldn't do it that's all the more reason to do it um so yeah Thanks for sharing that, Rumi. Yes, yes. So many <laughs> gems you dropped off today, Rumi. Well, on behalf of every one of us on the show, thank you so much for your time. If there are other ways we can, you know, help, you know, explore things together on the show, please consider coming back again. We'd love to like talk about more stuff that you're interested in. But thank you, thank you so much. Lovely. You really are the you. you you are the bomb.com. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everyone. Um, thank you all for joining us today, and don't forget to catch up on other episodes of the show. All right, then, and take good care of yourself. Take care. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Have a beautiful weekend. You too. Ciao, ciao. Uh, ciao. <laughs> <laughs>